precisely two best buds precisely drinking beer and talking about stuff precisely Bo and Tony precisely playing and reviewing games precisely How's it going everyone? This is Precisely Podcast episode 22. We made it to 22 and we have a guest with us here today. We do. And this guest is Sam Kreps. Hello everyone. How are you Sam? Oh, I'm I'm doing real good because it's, you know, it's the weekend and it's just time to sit around and hang out and and chat a little bit and drink beer and drink good beer because this I podcast add. is about drinking beer, hanging out with some friends, and talking about video game stuff. That's all you? the best things. Yeah, how are you, Tony? I'm doing good, man. Been a busy week. Weather's been all right. So yeah, I'm really enjoying summer, man. Getting out as much as I can. You're biking a lot. I've biking heard. all the time. We biked the other day. It was so much fun, and then it started downpouring rain on us, and uh. We had to stop biking, obviously, and we were on City Island and uh, under the horse barn, smelling, yeah. smelling like horse poop the whole time, talking to the owner of the horses there, and he just let us hang out for 15, 20 minutes. And once it stopped raining, we biked back home. Oh, you should have gone over to Susquehanna Outfitters over on the other side of City Island. Dude's name's Steve over there. He's yeah. a real cool guy. So okay. I used to go over there, and uh, he plays the saxophone. And I used to go over there with a bass, and my one buddy played drums. We'd go over there and jam with him on City Island every now and again. He has oh, nice. his little pavilion over by like yep. the yeah. the beach area. Real cool guy. But uh, next time you're out in a, in a rainstorm, I actually uh, think I not sponsored by Susquehanna Outfitters. Yeah, no, I think I was at his house before because my buddy used to work for him, or still does. Um, he does kayak tours. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he had to go pick up a canoe from Steve's house, and we went there, and I met him, and. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice dude. <laughs> really cool dude. I'm actually getting no volume through my headphones. All right. Sorry. You are. It's just low. There's no snare in my headphones. I was just going to keep all that in. Tony spilled a beer today when he we were did. setting up. Yeah. Right over his laptop, whatever that machine is. No. Was it the mixer? <laughs> it barely even touched my laptop. It went <laughs> it all didn't over even the table, though. Everywhere. It didn't everywhere. even touch the audio processor. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Is that what it is, Sam? That is, uh, it's kind of like a, a digital to analog converter, a DAC, if you will. It's a, DAC. A, it's a USB audio interface. There you go. And audio that's, interface. That's about as uh, as technical as I can be on, on that subject. <laughs> yeah. All I know is I tried listening to episode one the other day at work. And I couldn't even bear it, dude. It was so bad of audio quality. Really? I, for, I forget how we recorded originally. On I know your it was... 1970s MacBook. Okay. <laughs> I think it's like 2006, but yeah. No, that's like 2011 or so. I had yeah. a 2006 iMac or a MacBook Pro. That thing still had like a button you had to press to open it. Apple doesn't like buttons anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have this really old, uh, I don't know if it's a MacBook Pro. It's a black one. But the battery actually like blew out of it. From oh the yeah, bottom. yeah, yeah. Insane. I still have it. I'm pretty sure it still works, but it needs to be plugged in the whole time because the battery just does not hold a charge at all. Oh, I used to have a whole arsenal of old Mac laptops because my dad was an IT guy for like, oh, he's still an IT guy for like 40 years. So wow. When he worked for this big corpo that used to be in Harrisburg, he used to bring me all these like junk. 
pieces of tech and just like let me Frankenstein them together. That's awesome. And uh, I had this whole collection of like <laughs> like power books that I had to yeah. leave plugged in all the time yeah. and try and get them to do things. And they were ultimately just a lot of junk sitting in my yep. room. It's kind of like now. Pretty Sounds much. like fun, <laughs> right? Sounds like my game collection now. <laughs> just junk. Ah. Uh, I, I like to think over. that I've curated the most important parts of my collection okay. now. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's talk about your game collection. Let's talk about who you are and what you do. Yes, yeah, like, so... You do a podcast, right? I do a podcast. Uh, it's a fairly new podcast. Uh, well, at least our, our show on the podcast. Our show is called Foundation Radio. It's a, a college radio program we did back at Westchester University about 10 years ago. And we just recently started being a part of the Might Be News Network. If you search Might Be News Network, that's where you find our podcast. Okay. Uh, there's six different shows on the on the podcast network, as we call it. And uh, we air every other Thursday. We'll actually have an episode coming up uh, this Thursday uh, where uh, my two co-hosts, Greg and Adam, actually went to the uh, Philadelphia Holocaust Center and interviewed uh, a Holocaust survivor for that episode. Uh, I won't be a part of that one, but uh, we kind of just talk about whatever we feel like talking about on yeah. our podcast. I am kind of the resident gamer and the, the tech guy on our, our podcast. Uh, my one buddy's like almost too into pop culture. If there's a pop culture topic or a political topic, he usually wants to talk about it. We try to avoid politics on our show. Yeah. But uh, then we the other so. one, he's real into table gaming. He's uh, also a... Uh, He's a geologist of all things. So, That's really cool. Yeah, we tried try to keep it pretty diverse, and uh, you we should just... actually bring him over because one of the first things I started collecting, I guess, would be like gemstones and rocks when I was like a hippie back in the days. So, okay. And I used to remember like all the names of them, but like when you're at music festivals buying rocks and crystals, <laughs> and you're doing things that you probably yeah. shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Taking acid that might lead to a yeah. killing spree yeah. in yeah, a video yeah, game. Yeah, you heard that one. <laughs> you end up forgetting what these rocks are called, and especially after the years. But I, I still love looking at them. I don't believe that there's any like supernatural powers or healings or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I might be able to to get Greg to uh, evaluate. He's uh, he lives over in Media, and uh, he visits from time to time. So maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll get him to uh, to evaluate like your rocks. So Greg. Cool. When you inevitably listen to this, because I tell you to, we'll, we'll get you to do that. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm also into the the video game collecting. Um, I mentioned it a little bit before we got the podcast going, but it's sort of evolved over the years where when I was real little, it started as PC gaming exclusively yeah. because uh, when I was younger, my dad had access to all this computer stuff, all this really cool computer stuff. And he was like, Sam... PCs, computers can do everything that any console could do. So we're just, you, you should play games on PC all the time. I When I first was a real little that I can recount, he had a 2600. He had a, a VCS, nice. like a little junior, the junior console, as some people call it. And he sold it when I was like five, and I never forgot that. And then from there, I always had an interest in console games because, you know, it's like PCs are awesome. But my friends all have this thing called the Super Nintendo that has these games that I can't play on a PC, at least yet. And uh, I just always had this deep rooted interest in that kind of stuff. So I grew up playing, you know, your DOS games, Doom, Wolfenstein, all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, 
I was really always I always kept that interest in Nintendo and Sega was a big one. Uh, my cousin was a big time Sega. Like if there was an accessory for the Genesis, he had it to include the Nomad. Like yeah. in 1995, when yeah. the Nomad was new, he my, had it. Yeah, my one neighbor uh, introduced me to the Nomad, and like I forgot about it for the longest time. But he was like, "Yeah, check this out. It can play Echo the Dolphin yeah. horribly." I'm like, "Oh my god!" And this kid was like really into dolphins, so like <laughs> that was his game of choice. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that was a cool game. It was yeah. one that was a little bit over my head as a kid. Yeah, same. But. My, but, uh, my yeah. cousin was more like, it plays NHL. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> sweet. Cares? I mean, yeah. I thought it was cool at the time because I had an NHL game for my PC that wasn't nearly as cool as playing it in my hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so eventually the, 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 the nail in the coffin for me as a life of video game collecting was when my buddy sold me an N64 for like, 30 bucks with all his games because it was at a point in time where like that now to set the scene this was probably like 2003 and like no one really cared about n64 at the moment video games did not matter (laughs) that much so like everybody had their p i was in high school so like everybody had their ps2 and they were like Mm -hmm. that's all we need so i got an n64 um from there it blew up to be like i don't know 10 or 12 consoles you know, any all the all the Nintendo consoles. I had all the the PlayStation consoles that I needed at least. Yeah. Um, and then just anything I could get my hands on. I ended up buying that Atari that I remembered as a little kid. Anything I could get my hands on that I could play and plug into a TV all simultaneously. I had like the ultimate rig. I had yeah. uh you know the the MAME arcade cabinet. I went nice. and built a whole arcade cabinet. Do you still have that? I don't. And oh. uh, that's actually probably a good segue into my sort of tipping point and uh, my move to being a little bit more minimalist about it. So mm-hmm. um, I, this was all when I was still living with my parents. I had all this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like 23 or 24 hits and they're kind of like, maybe you should get an apartment. And I was like, I don't have any money because I spent it all on these video games. (laughs) (laughs) So, no. So, over the years, what I've really come to appreciate is the fact that, like, I really am mostly, I've, you know, I've always been, like, real big into, like, following what people collect and, you know, values of certain things. But what I've come to realize is that, for me, it's really just about playing the games and enjoying the ones that I have. I agree with you. And, you know, that's really become for me at least just keeping the things that are really important to me so these days i've sort of pared down i admittedly am the guy that has the flash cart for the n64 but not and i saw that so you have a everdrive i do i have everdrive 64 so we just met sam like two weeks ago at a barbecue at my house and i didn't know anyone this was my wife's barbecue i was just the grill master for it and surprisingly enough, you came wearing a Game Boy shirt, not uh, knowing at all what I was walking yeah, into either. Um, I just like I was like, oh, I like my Game Boy shirt. I'll yeah. wear it today. And then like two other guys like wore like uh, Nintendo shirts, and I was like, wow, like this is pretty cool. Like I'm actually happy with the people that are here. <laughs> it's you funny. <laughs> I've been I've been I, I've actually known your wife for a few years through the theater stuff, and mm-hmm. um, my wife is a lot more involved in the theater stuff than I am these days. But um, yeah, I had no idea 
that I was stepping into an arcade room, an arcade Bo's room, room and like those game room. I don't know. It's like you walk into somebody's game room and it's like I can speak these people's language. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. Like I can step into this and I know what I'm talking about because it's like yeah. I, I've done this over the years. Yeah. But, uh, so I invited you yeah. to record a podcast with us because we love having guests on because when it's just Tony and me. We don't know what the fuck to say to each other. <laughs> you just got to get out the swear jar and hope that topics come out. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's a, a coin for, for the swear jar, too, <laughs> which we don't have. Sorry, mom and dad. But uh, yeah, so the EverDrive 64, Yeah. surprisingly enough, I just got one. Oh, really? Not yet, but I just won one in a raffle oh, sweet. Um, for 10 bucks. Yeah. So this guy added me like last week and like last weekend while I was drinking. And sure enough, his name his, on Instagram was Game Bo, like spelled the same way as my name. Wow. Okay. And I'm drunk looking <laughs> at the people that like my photos and the people that followed me that day. And I'm like, Game Bo. And I, I looked at his stuff and uh, I was like, oh, like he only has five pictures. His name's Bo. There can only be one Bo. <laughs> like, no, you're not getting followed by me. <laughs> and then uh, another friend of mine that I've been following for a while, um, Tara, Jackrabbit, uh, Jackrabbit Gamer, her claim sale page, she was helping him do a raffle for this EverDrive 64. And there's like 20 spots at 10 bucks. And I just admitted everything the other day to her and to him in the comments. I was like, just so you know, Gamebo, like I was very drunk when you added me. I added you now, but uh did not like seeing that there was another bow in the <laughs> in the community. So I didn't add you right away. But I am interested in this EverDrive. It's tempting me, but at the same time, I have every N sixty four game that I could possibly want plus more, you know. So I really don't need this. And then he kept commenting. He's like, oh, you know, you got the bow luck. Like, don't worry about it. Like, if you want to join, you probably win since your name's bow. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then we started, like, privately messaging each Dude, other. that sounds exactly like something you would say. I know. Too. I know. I know. It, it, it's really to, weird. To, like, get someone to buy something. It's really get weird. someone to do something. Yeah, I know. It's really weird. But I was like, you know, screw it. Like, they had buy four tickets at 35 bucks or just buy one at 10 bucks. And I'm always about saving money. So I was like, Oh, maybe I should just do the four spots. I was like, nah, screw it. I'm like, I, I already spilled my beans about how I felt about this guy joining the community. So I'll just, you know, throw in 10 bucks, do lucky number seven out of the 20 spots. And sure enough, I won the next day. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. And he's like, man, I sort of regret, you know, raffling this off and i'm like you made your money like don't worry about it and it's going to another bow so <laughs> good on you so shout out to you game bow i wish you the best go give him a follow uh it's just one word game bow b-e-a-u but yeah i'm excited to have the everdrive 64 in it it got me contemplating like my turbografx 16 that's plugged in absolutely love that system i started collecting for it and realized how expensive it was yeah. to collect for it like the games are super rich and especially in this area 
especially there. anywhere like eBay or whatever. Right. Like if you want the good games, like but I just mean like you don't find a lot of people like immediately in this area that had that system ever. Oh yeah. It just never yeah. really landed here. My one buddy has a huge collection of mm-hmm. it, but I had probably a dozen games for it, and then I came across uh, eBay listing for an EverDrive for that system and i was like well if this has everything plus the pc engine games as well yeah i'm gonna just buy that and it was like it was a pretty pricey investment like 170 bucks but i got that where you know one game could easily cost you 200 dollars. you know so i ended up selling my whole pc engine turbo graphics 16 uh hue cards that i had and i uh, just have that that i'm rocking with the turbo express portable plus a console system. And I'm thinking, you know, once I get this EverDrive, I might just sell off my 64 collection because I'm all about minimalizing yeah. and making things smaller. I'll tell you what. I mean, I've had flash carts for NES, Super Nintendo, and um, N64. I don't have the Super Nintendo or NES flash carts anymore because I've since also picked up the classic editions and hacked them and just put everything I wanted nice. on them. Yeah. So... The N64 flash cart, depending on which one you get. Now, I'm curious if he gave you the V3, like the newest one. Uh, this guy, I think he's Swedish. I can't remember. It's Krixie on uh, yeah. online. He's the one that's doing like the good ever drives. Krix. And, Krix. Yeah. yeah okay. that, that's uh, the company that I got the Turbo Graphics from. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's just a guy that does oh, okay. this. Yeah. So he's it's kind of crazy because it's like sometimes you'll have a big stock of certain items and other times. And if you go, I think it's stoneagegamer.com also sells his stuff um, at a fairly fair rate. Um, but I've always heard that's like try to get them from him if you can, just because yeah. it supports him directly. But the the EverDrive 64 is the first one where it was like actually completely fully functional and it did everything where I didn't even have to think about like, oh, it's a flash card, so I better be careful how I save it. Because, like, the NES, it was always, like, the battery backup was there, but it was screwy sometimes mm-hmm. about saving games. Yeah. The Super Nintendo didn't, at the time, I guess that's changed since then with the firmware update, but it didn't play any of the Super FX games. So, like, uh, Star Fox, Super Mario World 2, uh, not that it matters, but, like, Stunt Race FX, those were all out of the question. Um Stunt Race FX is an amazing game. Is it? Yeah. I okay. It. I loved it. Great. All right. I haven't played it. Fair in years, enough. But yeah. Say that's not one I was ever like around a lot. But the N64 flash cart, without really thinking about it, just does everything. Does it just save regularly? Yeah. So it- the only thing that was weird about the older versions, and it hasn't mattered to me, uh, is that certain games had the internal clock functionality. Yeah. Animal Crossing was one that did that. But that's a Japanese Um, game, right? Yeah. And there was a couple of other, like, random features that were weird. I think saves on certain carts were one of the things. And it might... I don't remember if it was to do with the memory expansion on N64 or if it was just the actual physical size of the cart that was screwy with it. Yeah. But um, the one, the version that I've had, and it's the version that's been out for two years. I bought mine a while ago now, and it's pretty great. I mean, I, of course, uh, I've always sort of been 
I was a I was a child of the Napster era of of online piracy, so I've oh, found yeah, me too. I've found my uh, my sources for certain full ROM sets over the years and LimeWire. Yeah, I, and I just loaded up my flash cart with everything. Yeah, and like beyond the only I'd say that's well okay. So there's one limitation to the N64 flash cart, and that's that ROM hacks on N64 are a lot harder to load than other systems. Certain ones will load, but like most of the ROM hacking on N64 is like um, like texture packs and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're not necessarily built in like rendering engines. It's all stuff that people did in emulation. Um, because N64, I mean, you know, N64 emulations all up and down the board. Oh, but it's like, one of the harder systems. Sure. You know, I mean, all the emulate. like co-processing that's going on from everything that I've ever learned about it at least um so yeah all the like a lot of texture mods for N64 like ROM hacks rather than just like you know like any like 16 8 bit kind of thing as far as like a ROM hack goes it's usually pretty straightforward yeah. and that's actually one of the coolest things about the the older system flash carts is being able to load up stuff like that on console um, but yeah, the, the flash card has been more than what I've needed. And honestly, it's like some of those games, just the sheer price based on the demand for certain N64 games. It's like, I just can't bring myself to pay just to be able to play it again when yeah. I could just pay for the whole, the whole, uh, honestly, all the expensive games yeah. for N64 suck anyway. You know? Well, and it's like, yeah, the ones that are actually like, quote, a value, like your sculptor's cuts and stuff like that. It's like, it's not that great. No, it's not even like yeah. a. And the bowling one, not that good. Oh, yeah. What is super bowling or whatever yeah, the ultra, bo- ultra I, bowling? I don't even know what yeah. it is. It sucks. But yeah, so between, uh, tell you what, between the flash cart and I also have the Ultimate Fighters, um, the Kickstarter uh, game pad that came out a couple years ago. Yeah, the retro, fighters. retro fighters. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So um, between those two, it's it's a pretty good combo as far as having like an N64 set that I'm pretty happy with. Although I see over on your shelf right now, the uh, Hori mini pad looking mm-hmm. controllers. Are those the OG Hori's or are those yeah. the new ones? Yeah, I actually just put those out. Those are that you would sweet. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up right in the N64 time frame. I have another one somewhere, so. another color. I think a I don't know. I've raffled a bunch oh, those of are them those are dope. <laughs> oh, I have a green and clear one too. But yeah, right yeah. On. I love them. It it changes the whole format of N sixty four games because you're so used to the the three little prongs mm-hmm. coming out at you and holding it from the middle. Whereas a Hori pad, if you're not familiar with it, it's a very small controller. Um, your hands are almost your knuckles are like almost touching each other. But there's the joystick is on the left side. The D-pad, which you hardly ever use for an N64 game, is right in the middle. And then your Z button is at the top, and there's two Z buttons with uh, the right and left button as well. Which so, is how the Retro Fighters controller is configured as well. Yeah. It's a little wider. That's what I thought. Yeah. I the only issue with the Retro Fighters controller, and I didn't take them up on it when they offered to repair it, the left side... Um, the L button, it's on like the bumper essentially yeah. for the way they built the controller. It interfaces weirdly with the joystick if you're using both at the same time. I didn't find it to be an issue in like any games that I had been playing at the time, so I didn't worry about it. 
but like I notice it just because someone pointed it out and I'll like be holding the controller and like make it get stopped up. But uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting now that N64 is starting to fall into sort of that realm of like the more desirable retro system in a lot of people's minds. Like I think what people are doing with it. I think it's honestly more desirable just because it's one of the easiest things to collect for. Yeah. Um, also, it's at that age right now where the kids that grew up on it where that was their first system uh-huh. they're now old enough where they're in college or they they just got out of college and they remember that and they have money now because they're working a decent job so they want to start collecting for it again to relive their childhood memories like mine was super nintendo essentially even though like i grew up on nintendo my first system was 2600 like super nintendo was the one that I remember collecting for and still have my whole game collection, which is a small collection for Super Nintendo, but it's all very quality games. I've sold off all the ones that I don't want to play, you know, that didn't do it for me. But the originals that I still do have, like, are the ones from when I was a child. So I think that's what it is. Same with PS1. Like, PS1 games right now are just, like, skyrocketing in price. Um, And they have been for a while. But like the rare ones just keep going up, and now PS2 as well is going. That's up. the one I've noticed lately. Yeah, I was PS2 trying to buy up PS2 up. games for a while when like everybody else was still kind of stuck on you know earlier Nintendo and stuff like that. I was like, I'm just gonna start buying the PS2 games that I want now because I know in a few years if I don't have these now, and I started to realize there's like certain systems I can sort of bring, you know, emulator or like you know your classic systems and stuff. I was like, but PS2 is not necessarily one that's as uniform for that kind of stuff. I was yeah. like, I just want to have what I w- want, and we'll go from there. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, it's it's crazy how some of this stuff is starting to shift a little bit as far as I've seen it over the last couple of years. Absolutely. So to change subject a little bit, we uh, had a hand-drawn picture from Matt's Vitter Game Corner. Did I pronounce that right? Matt's Video Game Corner? No, it's like Vitter. Okay. I think it's like more like that f- Southern Florida slang, bitter game corner. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they say in Florida. I don't know. That's that's his name. Matt's underscore bitter game corner. He uh, drew us a picture of Chrono from Chrono Trigger and Ness nice. from Earthbound. And he put a versus sign up on it. I asked him, I was like, draw one of them, you know? And he was like, I'm going to just draw both of them. I love this image. I'm actually going to get Chrono tattooed on my Nintendo arm uh, next month, hopefully. But probably my tattoo artist will just uh, color in Mario and the Game Boy. But either way, I uh, proposed the question to all, all of our followers. Uh, who do you think would win this battle? Are you familiar with Chrono and, and Ness? I'm more familiar with Ness, not yeah. as much Chrono. But. Okay. So who do you think would win then? Ness probably. Probably Ness, just purely based on his fighting experiences in Smash. Yeah. Okay. Say so he's hard to beat in Smash. I wish Chrono was in Smash, honestly. But uh, we got some cool answers. Uh, Zap Knight Gaming, who does a uh, weekly podcast as well, he says Chrono uh, all the way because of his weapons, magic, and friends. Not to say friendship is the best magic. More like dual techs and triple techs are awesome, strong, and ingenious battle system, which was great for a JRPG where you get this bar that you know goes up in time. So if you wait for all your comrades' bar to go up, 
you can do this dual or triple uh, magic attack that was just like so overpowering where you could hit all the enemies that were like around each other. Amazing. So I, I definitely agree with him on that one. Um, just a hipster girl. She writes, what an incredible art. I love how the characters are perfectly drawn and the background behind each of them is discreet but makes all the difference. Congrats for the artists. But don't know. I've played Earthbound, and I know what Ness can do, but I haven't played Chrono Trigger, so I'm not sure how far Chrono can go. However, I'd still pick him, just because I have a feeling, and because he has a purple background. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> purple Good powers. Yeah. Uh, Vpixels writes, this artwork is amazing. I know Ness is from Earthbound Mother 2, but I've unfortunately never played the series. I have both on emulators and really need to play them, but I've been waiting until I can dedicate time to both games. With that being said, I'd go with him, especially since I don't know who the other character is. <laughs> uh, short select. Shout out to you guys. They do a weekly podcast. Um, they're, I believe they're from the UK, right? Definitely from the UK. Yeah. Uh, he says, not sure who these even are. So dude with the sword, I guess. I said, you got some studying to do. And he says, never really been into Nintendo at this point. Well, they're British. They just play uh, ZX Spectrum and, and Commodore, and, Commodore yeah. and all that. He says, at this point, there's too much to catch up on. And I said, don't give up. There's so much you're missing. Just pick up an SNES classic to play some of the great titles. And he said, I might get a Switch for the new Pokemon game. Which... There's so many other great games for the Switch. Seriously. Yeah, Switch is where it's at. But it's that, crazy, though, listening to you read like what he's typing, and then if you ever listen to these guys talk, you can like barely understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> they are very British. They're like, I don't know, like... Uh, Advanced British. Yeah. <laughs> like <AP> uh, British. <laughs> like the gangsters of British, I guess. Like, like Cockney it, thugs. Yeah. What is Cockney? Is that it's like, like when you have a... Uh, it's like an old school well, harsh british accent i was gonna say yeah, yeah like cockney homeless people that lived on the like the, it's a dialect of the british accent if i'm not mistaken yeah like well and everybody always makes fun of it but um if you've ever seen dick van dyke's attempt at a british accent in the movie mary poppins okay it is uh his attempt at a cockney accent which is terrible that's like a very, very poor rendition give of us, the cotton. Give us yeah, a rendition. You, oh, yeah. I can't. Do it. Just do <laughs> I it. need Just another try. beer before that. <laughs> Just try it. It's a bit, bit embarrassing to try and come up with right off the top. That was, I, good. That was great. And that he was, tries to say good. things that are not quite British. Yeah. You sound like Austin Powers' dad. <laughs> I know what he means. I say that's a that's a deep pull. I got that yeah. one. Let's talk so when about they, this when beer. they talk in, in British. <laughs> Let's talk about this beer. So we're drinking on New Holland Brewing Hoptronics. It's a double India Pale Ale, so a double IPA. And uh, the artwork is amazing to me, which I just noticed. Like I thought it was just Space Invaders. Have you looked at it closely, Tony? Hops Invaders. Yeah, so it's essentially a bunch of hops coming down as Space Invader aliens, and you're shooting them. The hops know. at the top are a lot happier than the ones that are yeah, about to get just shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool can. It's a nine percent beer. They're out of uh, New Holland or Holland, Michigan. Um, it's a heavy beer. I picked this up like a week ago, and I drank like one a night, and I was just like, I gotta save this for the podcast because I cannot be drinking all of these. Is it that good, or it's just strong? 
Have you opened yours? No. Open it. I like me a good double, so this is always... Uh, I like one good double a night, I feel like. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Just in general, the specifically the double IPA is always one yeah. that I appreciate. I think it's solid. Like, you can definitely tell that it's a higher ABV. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't, like, hit you at first that heavy, like... I've noticed, like, I drank half the can already. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling it. It's I'll, incredibly smooth. Yeah, definitely. 9%, yeah. I also have to add that um, I was just catching up on your last episode towards the end of this week, and I appreciate that you also appreciate Westies as much yes. as I do. Yeah. Even That's though you live, yeah. even though you live within like three beer distributors shot of Westies oh, yeah. like I do you still uh, I bought all the beer for my wedding at Westies oh, I go man. over there anytime I want something that's like very specific and they actually very specific yeah and or if you're like you don't care and you're just balling on a budget like we just go to the sales section yep. and oh back. yeah like I picked up a 12 pack today that was like a crushed box of Dale's pale ale which we love yeah uh, for nine ninety nine, and Tony was like, "Man, I just picked up a six pack for nine ninety nine. Yeah, no, I literally bought a six pack for like twelve dollars. Yeah, today. a six pack today. I bought was yeah. more than that. Yeah. Dale's Pale I went to Wise. Yeah, nine ninety nine for a twelve pack. I was like, hell yeah! Just because the box is messed up, I don't care. Like, give it to see me. if Westies will endorse your uh, your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I know who the owner is now. She's like ninety eight year old lady with a walker. She was in there earlier. And she, she could very well be older than ninety eight. Well. I don't think they're there. endorsing your podcast anymore. No, I don't think they are. She'd be like, podcast? Do you fix iPods? Yeah, I don't know. But like, yeah, I doubt she would even know what that is. Uh, they're not endorsing oh, it at no, all. No, she was no. a nice lady. No, not at all. Uh, she sells great beer. Yeah. She does. At a reasonable price. At a really good price. She's like, just discount it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm all about it. Uh so we watched the Pokemon Direct that aired this week. Where do you guys like? Where do you guys stand in Pokemon? Like, I know Tony is a huge Pokemon fan. I I'm a pretty big fan of Pokemon as well. Not necessarily the newer games like 3DS, DS games. I wasn't really big into. I played a few of them, but I never played through them. Like I played through the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games multiple times. What do you guys think about it? Uh, I was excited, you know, once I saw it, I kind of, that's what I wanted more from Let's Go Pikachu and Let's yeah. Go Eevee. Like, that's kind of what I was expecting, you know, so when that's I got those I games, for. I was somewhat disappointed. Um, but now, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. One thing that I've had a hard time with ever since, I don't know, like Ruby version or something, for them the adding new Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. I just I have a hard time with the new Pokemon. I, you know you I don't like Wooloo. No, is that the sheep? <laughs> That's the new sheep. Yeah. yeah, I love that guy. And that I mean, was I get it. it. But and there was a whole backstory behind it. Like, yeah. oh, this village of people, you know, heard the wool. Give me a fucking break. Dude. That what yeah. the fuck does you know? <laughs> excuse my cursing. It's okay. <laughs> uh, like you know Charizard and stuff what he doesn't do anything he uses fire to make wool for yeah, the, the people of the village of fire to torture uh, galdar pokemon yeah trainers but yeah you he know, lights candles all right yeah that's it <laughs> this big you know big freaking dragon with someone called charizard yeah pokemon don't need a purpose 
You know, I don't need a whole backstory. I was wondering if that was a thing because I sort of thought the same thing. I was like, oh, it's a new Pokemon. I was like, oh, the Wooloo one's funny because it's a sheep and it's really just a, pretty much a sheep. Yeah. But I was like, the thing do is, Pokemon have a, a, a like a utility now? They didn't before, though. Okay. That's the thing. You know what I yeah. mean? I was like, I don't remember Pokemon ever because I'm kind of in the same like, boat as Bo where it's like I am a big Pokemon appreciator, but I haven't played much past like for me more like just the game boy games yeah i'm trying I, to think like i feel like they did have a purpose in the cartoon yeah but it wasn't the same like, like chancy now heal i feel pokemon. like they're trying really hard you know like it was all of them though i say wulu is the only one i remembered but like they're all of them ones they were explaining the art director was yeah. like and i do like it do to this. an extent because they're like oh you know there's a village up in the mountains and they so they're putting more of a backstory on it which is nice so I think they're doing that because of the movie and because they want to make more movies. Like the the and maybe the style Pikachu of the movie, is. literally every Pokemon in the city, like they weren't allowed to battle in the city. They all, they all worked with humans. So like the Machamps were like the officers. You know, they yeah. they were the traffic directors. Yeah, but it's not like I guess I like guess there Char- was some stuff. There's like a that. Charmander that was like like making hibachi and stuff on a street corner like <laughs> like everyone everyone was just doing their own thing you yeah. know like so i think they're just sort of intertwining that like the whole thing with wulu like there's already another pokemon from a newer generation that's a sheep pokemon it's a lightning sheep pokemon um and i forget its name mareep i think it is and that sounds right yeah he like evolves i only know this from uh, Pokemon Go, the cell phone game, but he evolves into like this giraffe-looking motherfucker. Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. But like, I would rather have like animal-looking things that might be duplicates in the sense than like something that's like, oh, here's a streetlight Pokemon. You know, like <laughs> let's just put googly eyes on the streetlight, yeah. or let's. I don't know that other Pokemon though. Was like it was like a flower with a wig on. Yeah. It evolved into like a big like yeah cupcake. poofy hair like yeah. a little afro yeah <laughs> but like that's I mean that's like a, a seed that you yeah. know once it's like fermented or whatever before it flies yeah, well, away like, like that, uh, that makes sense that was blossom was a Pokemon and yeah and it went to it had like three forms I yeah. don't know I think it's got to be tough for them to make new Pokemon you know oh I'm sure it is well I they got a French guy doing it now so I think they have to uh, is he French yeah that's yeah. the impression the Aust- that I got wasn't there an Australian guy or British Australian guy I thought you're was just really bad with accents I think he was French dialect too. this guy was definitely French <laughs> yeah. I think but uh yeah I mean they're uh, not that French people can't come up with it I just mean <laughs> everybody else in the video was like either Japanese or and, like working for Game Freak or like actually American people, but then it was like, we'll cut to the art director now, and it was yeah. like he seemed primed to speak English comparatively. And it was but. nice that you know he's probably seeing it through a whole different eye. Like he came in there with an artist background. I think I'm I might be wrong about this, but I think he's the same concept artist for Detective Pikachu Pokemon as well. Okay, um, which makes a little bit sense that they would keep him on for this project. So I really loved the video, like. When they first started talking about the new Pokemon Sword and Shield and they showed us a very short trailer in that Pokemon Direct, I was just like, this just looks like a glorified 3DS game. Like, I'm not about it. Whatever. Like, I'll probably buy it, but not open it like I did for Pokemon Let Go Pikachu. Um, so I haven't opened that game because I watched Tony play his copy and I was just like, mm, not really impressed. 
Yeah, and I haven't really played it since that either. Yeah. It's not that good. It's. I mean, it's a very simple game. It's like for beginners. It's for kids, I feel like, more so. Um, but what I really loved about this game was that it integrated what is going on with Pokemon Go through the cell phone where you can actually... Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. You can do these giant raid battles with friends online or local co-op, which I thought was amazing. So Pokemon uh, can go through this Dynamax stage where they just grow exponentially big. And one person can make their Pokemon huge that's in this raid. And you have to use that properly to take down this Pokemon. And then you can possibly catch this Pokemon at a giant stage. And I love like seeing the big Pokeball that they threw. It caught the Gyarados. And then it landed on the ground and literally like shook the earth. I was like, this is amazing. Uh, that was the, the one thing I was confused about with the max raid battles, though, is it's like one person gets to have their Pokemon be max raided, essentially. Yeah. Then who gets to catch it? The person, I'm guessing, that... Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, or yeah. do you find them in the wild at all? Yeah, you can find them in the wild. Yeah. And then most, I guess, most gym battles are that way. Like, there's only special areas that you can do the Dynamax thing with. Um, I don't think it's going to be that much different in the battle system-wise. It's just going to be, like, way cooler graphics. And that's the one thing I am curious to see still is, like, very specifically the battle gameplay. Yeah. Because there was gameplay footage in in the Direct, but it was all, like... You, you know, see, like, the subtext of, the of like yeah. gameplay not final, and it was like yeah. essentially like yeah. trailer kinds of things. So I'm I'm curious how that's going to look because it's, it's, it's be exciting. You know, the, it's going to be very similar to the Game Boy games where you know it's do you want to fight? Do you want to use sure. an item? Do you want to change the Pokemon? Do you want to run or flee? And I kind of hope so. I mean, yeah, I, that, I, I that think, gameplay element shouldn't really go yeah, away. If it's good, keep it. And Pokemon's good at keeping it. Um, the other thing that I loved about it is that you can move the camera around with the second joystick, that which awesome. is the first time ever in any Pokemon game. Like that to me is amazing. Um, and just that you can see the Pokemon live on the screen, which is similar to Pokemon go, which is similar to let's go Pikachu as well. Like you can see the Pokemon. So you're like, all right, I already have this Pokemon. You know, I don't need to fight it. Like you can just run away from it without having to battle it. I think that's a great concept. It reminded me of Breath of the Wild almost. Like the graphically, it looks amazing. I'm super pumped for this. I love that there's online play with it too. That you can team up. I'm hype. I am gonna buy that collector's edition one where it comes with both the games and probably just play the one. And if I need to play the other one to catch them all, so be it. You know, like I- I'm totally stoked for this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The only thing I always want out of every Pokemon game, I want uh, like better fight scenes. You know, I think this will do. Might it, get it. I don't know. I don't know. I think from this what will I do watched, it. I feel like I did. Might you see be the Dynamax fights though, like yeah. where like the whole stadium there was yeah. lightning going down. The floor I'm hoping, was shocking. I'm hoping this is everything I've ever wanted. You know, but to me though, like the one thing that sort of threw me off was. Like, while they were in the stadium, and they're like, the crowd gets really excited for these Dynamax battles, they kept showing the same scene of the crowd. Well, they don't want to give too much away. 
Yeah, but I was like thinking also like it's probably a cut and paste thing where they show the crowd like either happy or not like oh, that yeah. excited, and it's just the same thing over and over. No, again. as a sports game enthusiast, I can almost guarantee yeah, you that the gonna stadium like that. isn't going to be like terribly exciting if you see it a lot (laughs) but uh, i actually thought that was one of the cooler things as somebody who really experienced most of pokemon through the game boy specifically going to like the gyms being like big stadiums full of people definitely adds a little bit more context to like the importance of that part oh, yeah. of the game. I think that part makes it... I definitely love that. I love the idea of them yeah. having it be more of a spectator thing. You know? So, I I wonder... You know how, like, when you would, would go to a Pokemon gym in the Game Boy games, you're still fighting a bunch of trainers before you get to the gym leader? Do you like, think that's how it's going to be? I don't know. I have like, a feeling it will be the way they introduced the... Uh, sort of like the main... I'm assuming he's the antagonist... I think his name was Leon. Or... I think that's just one of the gym leaders. Okay, because I, yeah, I was. Well, there's the grad... and then there was his brother that was like your big rival. Or oh whatever. yeah, yeah, no, no, that wasn't gym leader. That's like your rival, and then like the best Pokemon leader, which I yeah. guess would be like part of the the elite four. Maybe there's only and an elite one. They also in introduced one. that other trainer character, which led me to believe that like a very similar dynamic to that kind of thing at certain points. Like, she's, like, a Misty, maybe. Well, there was that one, but then there was the guy that was, like... All I remember is he had, like, a utility belt full of Pokeballs. Oh, he was yeah. the first gym leader, I'm okay. guessing. Yeah. He was the yeah. grass gym leader, which yeah. would make I sense. I believe so. Yeah. He was kind of thick. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he, yeah. He, was he looked very, like a camp counselor. Yeah, he was <laughs> unproportionate in the sense. Like, very uh, big up top and small skinny legs down below. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Can't wait to battle that grass gym leader that had no nose but a lot of freckles where the nose should have been <laughs> totally down for it um <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be similar to like pokemon red and blue where you know you get the pokemon sword version there's like three or five pokemon that you can't get on the pokemon shield version you know, so that's why you have both of them to be able to trade with your friends and all this. I'm sure the legendary Pokemon will have something to do with it, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whoa. Excuse me. This beer is great. So I have a good one for you guys. If you could turn a newer game, like, from this generation, like, a, not necessarily like an indie game, but like a, a first-party game, like God of War, let's say, into a, a 16-bit or 8-bit game, what would it be? So, for example, mine would be a Super Smash Brothers game for the original Game Boy. All right. And, like, use the actual link cable that they came out with for the Tetris game, and there's eight characters, you know, an 8-bit with the green screen, and, you know, you can be Kirby, Mario, Luigi, DK, and whoever else. But... The attacks are very simple, but you're on a stage and you're just able to battle it out. Like, yeah. how about that? Be super fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's interesting concept. And what's interesting about it is that after I thought about that, I looked it up and there's actually that. They have Well, that. I was going to say, isn't there a fan game out there that's like a, a yes. 16-bit looking and Super it, Smash? Yes, but it's only for like PC. Right. Yeah. Because uh, sucks. One of the YouTubers that I watch did this. I think it was uh, Peanut Butter Gamer on YouTube. 
did like a weird Smash fan games episode. It was either him or his his buddy. I forget what his name is. But yeah, it was. I saw it, and as soon as you said, I was like, I think there's a PC thing yeah, out there. There like is, that. but it looks like it's on the Game Boy. Like it has yeah. the green background and the black sprites. I'm just like, man, like someone please just like make this into a cartridge game because I don't do laptop gaming or PC gaming. Like I have to have that console in my hands or the controller in my hands to actually pick it up and play it. Okay. But yeah, I would love that um, to have a physical release of that. And I think it's very doable. The concept of the link cable, I think, makes it more palatable. So I was thinking about it. I was like, do you just play like... The computer AI opponents no. in Smash all the time, which I don't mind doing. Yeah, but. no, I think the Link Cable like utilize that more than just a Tetris game, you know. And they had the four-player Link Cable like almost immediately after the original Game Boy came out, I believe. So yeah, make it Nintendo if you're listening. <laughs> make it. How about you, Tony? What would you make? Um, I don't know. I think it might be cool to see a game kind of like Red Dead Redemption style, at least with similar like quests and yeah. stuff, you know, like for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Okay. I think that could be interesting, you know, and maybe make a crude way of shooting, you know, guns and bow and arrow. And I think if you're going to do Red Dead, it'd be fun to do it like the original GTA for PlayStation, like red dead but overhead the oh, whole time. Yeah. yeah that that's how i envision it where like you're essentially in the car most of the time or Which sort they of had that for game boy as well game boy color so if you wanted to go like older school you could take red dead and almost turn that into the concept of like original like zelda or something like that because there's a lot of like yeah. old school shooting and i was thinking like, of something similar yeah maybe. all right so this is what got me on this topic is when I was reading about Breath of the Wild, the developers of that actually developed Breath of the Wild on an 8-bit system originally. I would love like, to find that Like prototype. the original Zelda game. A link, not a link to the past. Uh, Just Legend, Legend of Zelda, Zelda. Yeah. period. Yeah. So is that but Breath of the Wild story and everything. So graphically, it looked like Legend of Zelda, but it was Breath of the Wild story and everything like that. And yeah, why don't they release that? They need to release that. Think Someone break into the Nintendo headquarters <laughs> and please. find that. Or like a hacker, please just go and find it. Someone in Seattle just drop a copy of that in a gutter sometime or like <laughs> yes. have a yard sale. <laughs> please. Like, think how amazing that would be. Like, so many people would love that. People would pay, you know, top dollar for that. I'd oh, probably definitely. pay for that before I paid for the Switch version. <laughs> I love the Switch version. I was just playing it this past week, but yeah. like... Man, that would be it. cool. Yeah. yeah, right? How about you, Sam? Uh, I thought about this for a while, and I think my conversion would be a 16-bit. I would take Rocket League oh, yeah. and turn it into a game that it would really utilize you know, what they, they call the Mode 7 functionality of the Super Nintendo. It would be, it would be a lot like the feel of F-Zero. Um, sort of. Would it look like F Zero? Graphically, it would probably come across that way. You know, like the really okay. fast-moving backgrounds, a little bit of that sort of feeling so of airtime. It wouldn't be overhead then. No, it would okay. not be. Definitely wouldn't be overhead. It would be I from. Like that. It would be from that sort of third-person view of the vehicle. Um, 
I tend to play if I play Rocket League, I tend to play from that view pretty much exclusively where it just follows the ball and goes wherever. So I, I felt like that would be like a re- really cool aesthetic to maintain sort of the the speed of the experience of playing something like Rocket yeah. League, but bring it to the 16 bit platform. Wow. Um, you really thought about this. I one. did. I, I thought about that hard because I was like, man, that's a good question. Yeah. And I think because Rocket League's one that I've been big on for, I don't know, two years now, off and on, uh, specifically on PC. It. Oh, I'm not good at it either, but I'll always keep playing it. It's one of the few games where probably about. You know, 90% of my playing, it has been online. I'm not always big about online play. Yeah. I was always big into, like, local multiplayer, but not necessarily, like, I don't know. I grew up when online was, like, sort of abusive if you sucked at certain games. So, like, people just cursing and swearing at you when you weren't doing it right. It never sort of turned me off to it for the most part. Last time I played Rocket League, uh, everyone was really hating on me. Like and I'm pretty sure like with the switch it was all text based so they're like yeah. typing this stuff in. Well, you have like sort of the pre-programmed responses with a yeah. D-pad in that game, and uh, I have it can for you both. Type things in though too because you pretty, can. I'm pretty sure people were like, "You really suck." And you get <laughs> off of our team. You can. <laughs> I think that game has mostly crossplay though because yeah. I have it for both Switch and PC, and as far as I can tell, the servers are pretty uniform as far as like the number of people that are on them. Yeah. Because uh, I'll go in between. It's kind of annoying, though, because like I have two different accounts where like I have how much I've played on Switch, which is like a decent amount. But then I put like hundreds of hours into it on PC and I have a much different like setup and like unlocked stuff. So I have to like sort of decide which games I'm going to try to play on yeah. online for that one. I but. think Rocket League, though, is pushing for uh cross progression though yeah they well now that uh now that epic owns it too yeah um they're definitely pushing that a little bit more i know that was part of the, the I press think they release might have already done it did yeah well i know it's it was it was a big deal when uh it first came out that uh between xbox one ps4 and pc there was some cross play going on because i remember the first time that i was playing that somebody uh sent me a message like I'm playing on PS4. What system are you on? And I was like PC. And they were, I was like, that's kind of cool. Like I haven't yeah. done that a lot. Where like just a random stranger message. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's just somebody I was playing against. Was like, what console are you on? I was like PC. And they were like, oh, I'm on. Yeah, I, I think it was PS4. There They're was a, like you're a hacker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that was kind of cool to have that sort of. Re that sort of reinvigorated my interests in playing online games, and yeah. I I subscribe to Switch Online now so that I play some of that stuff online too. Dude, it's um, fun. Oh, absolutely. We gotta exchange friend codes. Then. Yes, we do, and uh, I always forget what mine is because I don't have that many Switch friends. But uh, I'll have to. Well, it's a bunch of numbers. So yeah, I was gonna say. I, I know. hope to God you don't have that memory. No, I just mean like <laughs> I, I don't have a. I don't have it like saved anywhere that I like conveniently just give it to anyone yeah i have to like look it up i'll, I'll load mine up and uh just yeah i'll get a picture of it yeah yeah cool tony what's your topic so we were talking about this a little bit earlier but with uh google stadia yeah yes so say you're the first one to sign up right yeah what do you make your username so this is something that stadia actually 
offered like it was one of their publicity like it's their their founders edition benefit yeah like if you pay the 130 bucks to get the special controller you also have the chance to choose the name that you want you know your online screen name um which i think is great marketing honestly like that, a lot of people want their names every know? reviewer that i watched today was like yeah. That's actually awesome. Yeah, like, like they we didn't see think that as a it. big coup. Yeah, like, they didn't think about it. I personally don't think the Stadia is going to live that long. Me neither. Um, may, I want it to, but it disappointed me what it actually ended up being versus what I thought it was. I was saying it to to Tony a little earlier, where I thought it was going to be more like Netflix. Mm. I thought, or like Game Pass or, or PS Now or any of those, where like you pay. Even if it was like yeah. 30 bucks a month, you just get access to a library of games. But yeah. what I'm hearing and you have what to pay for the full game. So yeah, you're essentially paying for like server rendering space. Yeah. And and the game. Then also, but it's like what happens so when a $60 game is actually yeah. costing you $70. It's like, well, and to that, if you let's say you pay 60 bucks for a Stadia game and in 2 years they no longer i mean it's google so there is the benefit of the fact that we can add google runs a lot of servers that they don't make money off of the biggest one being youtube they don't make money off of youtube they've been running that at a loss for over a decade now really? so oh yeah no they don't make money off of youtube That's they, surprising. youtube has never turned a profit at least is my understanding With of the that advertisements too well you know I think it makes money back, but I think it still operates at a loss, if I'm not mistaken. And I have a feeling that Google will be willing to dump money into Stadia longer than any other. Like, if anybody's going to jump in on something like yeah. that, it should be Google. Yeah, or because Amazon they have, or, or yeah, because yeah. well, and Amazon has the most <laughs> web service of anybody with the AWS web server service out there. I that they'll support it longer than most people will so i hope i i would love for something like that to make sense to the point that like you can pick it up and it's comfortable to play yeah, yeah. so which will come down to the controller yeah is the controller comfortable well and from what i saw i'm i'm uh a little bit skeptical because it looks a lot like a steel series controller called the stratus that i've used in the past stratus xl and uh, that's solely based on what I saw for the sticks. And the sticks, for whatever reason, on that controller has had a weirdly long throw in comparison to like a 360 or a PS3, 4, whatever, okay. DualShock in general. Um, so uh, my understanding is that you don't necessarily have to have their controller to run it eventually. Maybe eventually, up, up front. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. And yeah, other other consoles controllers have completely ruined them up and down the board yeah, but it's hard to make a better controller than the ps4 controller uh, that's very true but uh to tony's original point yes i was gonna bring it back too i'm glad you did because <laughs> we went off topic oh we were ready to talk about that yeah. one but uh what would the username be mine would be uh my number one would be guest like, Simply guessed. Yeah. Like, what do you think the best one to get is? Player one, right? Player one would be great, too, but guests would be awesome. Unless they have a guest. Like, that's, like, 
Well, the player yeah, but too. Then I mean, you still would be able to take yeah. guest, right? Because no, I feel like that's clever, and no one else would have it, you know. And if you're the first person to sign up and you get player one, there's yeah. something to be said about that. Oh right? yeah, everyone would remember that too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough I mean, there one. could be iterations of it too, where it's like player like underscore one, you know, or player one. All yeah, but one if it was word. just like capital P, yeah, player and then one, you know, like any other game you play. Yeah, but yeah, I might just pick. I signed up first. No spaces. <laughs> that's a good. No underscores. But you can't prove it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I feel like something like player one or guest, maybe even a lot of people are going to go for that in the beginning. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know if anyone. Or they're going to go for their. Uh, Unless they're listening to this podcast tomorrow. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, guess would be a great one or player one. Like, yeah. oh, I'm definitely. But if they go for game bow, or <laughs> bow's game room. Yeah. They can have. Or it. they would take some. <laughs> they could probably take like a famous person's gamer tag, right? Yeah. Ninja. Yeah, exactly. Is that his tag? I don't actually know. Oh, yeah. Ninja's tag is Ninja. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So the first, yeah, I I'm bet sure it would be there's some a lot of people that take want to go for Ninja, honestly. <laughs> and then they, then Ninja will have to buy it from him. Yeah. I. PewDiePie. Like, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I'm, I'm just if I do sign up, it's going to be Big Dong sixty nine. I was going to say Carlos <laughs> Spicy Wiener was yeah. one that actually came to mind, admittedly. Underscore four twenty. You know, all, all all day, every day. Big Dong 69, you know me, you can find me on Stadia. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, though, because I, I watched this uh, this tech review channel on YouTube out of Canada. Shout out to Linus Tech Tips. Not that they need it. They have like 10 Shout million out. subscribers. But, uh, uh, they were we like, have double that. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course. And uh, they, they were like, because you don't just want like Spicy Tony 70. I think he actually said Tony. I just said that off the top, but I was like, really? I'm pretty sure that's what he's like. You don't just want spicy Tony 70. You got that's exactly what I want. <laughs> Do it. That's probably one that they want now. You know, or one they're what? What did you say? Twenty thousand subscribers? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, at least one of their subscribers would want that name, Tony. So you should probably get it first. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yours would be uh. Tony Hawk fan. <laughs> Every time I'm like, Tony, what what's your favorite game? He's like, Tony Hawk. And like eventually like it dawned on me, I'm like, you just like this game because your name Because it's your name. Yeah. I mean, Tony's do bond with each other. Unlike <laughs> Bose, who, you know who Bo's obviously who... win raffles off of each other, so Yeah, but at first they don't really like each other. But That's if a... I meet another Tony, I'm like you know your stadium name should be there. Should, there can bow only one. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of clever. Infinity. It's too long. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. It's bordering on like two early two thousands emo band song. Mine would be bow nose. Would you spell nose like the way you spell bows? No, that would be N- clever. <laughs> I'd do it. N o s e. Bow nose. You could do it like uh, like a like a French Canadian too, and put like K N E A U X. Yeah, you got to end it with an yeah. X. <laughs> yeah, no, I had my one buddy when I first like met him. He was like, "Is your name spelled with an X at the end?" I was like, "It's not," but I absolutely love that, and I'm gonna start spelling it with an X at the end because I think that's great. <laughs> He's like, "Yes, you should." And I was like, "Cool." And then we became BFF. Did we just become best friends? 
<laughs> all because of this ex. So yeah, his name was Matt, and uh, I was like, your name now is Matt with an X, and we're like Matt too. <laughs> <laughs> Tony too, right? Yeah. yeah. So when I first met him, he introduced me to him as Matt too. Yeah. And we had another friend named Matt, and I, I thought he was just saying, this is Matt number two. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's funny. We weren't creative enough to come up with another <laughs> yeah. name, so we just added a number. He paid for the Founders Edition, was, friend. Yeah. Are you sure he's all right with this, man? Let's <laughs> see. Hey, you came second. Sorry, man. You too. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh... What have you guys been playing lately? Tony, I know you've been playing a game like all week long. You're addicted to this one game. Yeah, I was just playing on on the, uh, uh, what's that thing called? It's a 3DS. Yeah, it's a 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're really going to hate me when I forget the name of the game. <laughs> Do you just want me to talk for you? Yeah, well... <laughs> Dude, all right, what so Tony's been playing. Yeah, yeah, so so we lied. He has not been playing. I was like, before we, but the joystick on that Sam, thing is awesome. Yeah, before you came over, Sam, I was like, Tony, have you played any games this week? And obvious answer was no. I've been busy. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're fucking playing a game right now, <laughs> and you're going to talk about it like you've been playing it all week, dude. So <laughs> we're gonna stage a game in the next twenty minutes. Have you ever had anyone force you to play a video game? Yeah, actually. Yeah, and you should. We run a video game podcast that comes out weekly. Yeah. So for the past three or four, you're like, yeah, no, maybe Breath of the Wild, I, which I don't even believe that you played those. Why not? Uh, yeah, no. All right. So you were playing Pokey and Rocky for the Super Nintendo yeah. emulated through the 3 I got through the first level of it. What do you think about it? It's better than I thought it would be. At first, I was skeptical because you forced me to play it. <laughs> wow. I know good games. Yeah, it's not bad. So tell us about it. Um, what kind of game is it? It's a shooter. Yeah. Run and gun, I guess would it, you call it I that? mean, it's essentially a shmup, like a, a, a shoot 'em up game, but instead of you being like a, a starship, you know, shooting aliens, you're like... Either that girl or a raccoon. Yeah. You're either Pokey or Rocky. Yeah. And you're shooting like samurai ninjas and and lanterns and ghosts and all that. It's a really fun game. So I'm gonna let you borrow my 3ds uh, that's modded because I have another one, and we're gonna bring back the retro recaps and start playing other games. Uh, we would love to hear from our listeners what games you recommend that aren't too long of games, just uh, not like a, a legend. Legend of Zelda that lasted like five weeks long of playing something that's a little shorter, like shmups, beat 'em ups. And not uh, to mention that game was very difficult. Very difficult. He played on the original hardware where I had a a modded 3DS, so I had save states. That makes that game a lot easier. A lot yeah. easier. <laughs> that's why I like my classic edition so mini I, consoles yeah, too. So they have I the save it. states. I beat it. He did not, unfortunately. But he got pretty far into it i did good you did good man don't worry about it i'm proud of you so you like pokey and rocky would you play it again i probably would it's a great game to play multiplayer have you ever played a sam i haven't no i'm familiar with yeah, the game it's a very but... expensive cartridge yeah yeah 
it's definitely a lot easier to pick it up on the 3DS than freaking, you know, put your cartridge in a Nintendo. Oh, absolutely. And then restart the level when you die. Yeah. Yeah, no, you got safe states. So yeah. right before a boss, you could save it and just keep going back and forth until you beat that boss. Learn the the pattern of the boss. Has changed my appreciation for certain retro games that I yeah. could just do that. Yeah. So, Sam, what have you been playing? Well, so last Friday night, I sat down and looked at my Steam library and said, Sam, you have entirely too many Steam games that you've never played. So it's time to stop buying Humble Bundles, uh, which I don't know if you're familiar. I am. So, yeah, I I always buy Humble Bundles. Is when that I, just like PC? Yes. Okay. Uh, you well, buy, like physical games? They have a... They have a game store that i've never really ventured onto but my whole thing with humble bundle is like i can spend 13 bucks and even if i only even know what one of the games is i get like eight nice so i'd always just like buy these humble bundles and have all these new games and a lot of times i wouldn't explore them so point being i sat down and said i have been looking at this game firewatch for two years now and i'm gonna finally play it uh i am a big First of all, I'm a big PC gamer, so I played it on the PC. Um, I'm a big fan of sort of that very casual click around and explore and sort of get a story while you walk around kind of game. It's an amazing story. Um, That's a very cool story. And so I started playing it Friday, and I think by Sunday night, my wife was about ready to kick me out the house because I pretty much sat there and played through the entire thing until the story was over, and I... Then also played through the some of the free play mode. Uh, I texted my brother about it down in South Carolina that he needed to download this game and play it. How he, long did it take you to beat it? It was only like a five hour game, okay. but the free <laughs> like play. Friday to Sunday sounds like a really long. <laughs> well, I didn't like sit it the whole time. Okay. Anytime I had free time throughout the yeah, weekend, okay. I what, sat there and played. What it, was but. the free play in it? Did we have that? For yeah. the PlayStation. Yeah, there's that option. I think just so, walk around, right? Yeah. Then there's like. It's not really like it's it's not really like side quests, but it's like so one of the things you can do is if you go around and open all of the like storage containers, you can if depending on how much time you took during the actual like gameplay. Yeah. If you go back there during the free play, there's a slightly different tweak to the if you open the storage containers and find the letters. I think it's from Ron to Dave. Yeah. Um I opened and a bunch of them. They I admittedly I didn't get into that part of it during the the game. I was more interested in the actual story. Right. And um in the free play mode, they hide the soundtrack on cassette tapes all throughout the map and using the uh using the like whatever the um radio Walk, wave indicator. Well, yeah, and they have a Walkman, yeah. but there's that like thing that replaces the compass after yep. a certain point. Yeah. That thing guides you around to different soundtrack pieces. So I was mostly just fascinated by the idea of the map more so than the map itself. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, like it's what? not like this it's not like the biggest map ever, but the fact that it's just this like big open world trail like cell shading beautifulness. Yeah, and yeah. I loved that like it didn't necessarily take an over-the-top like triple-a team to make it's a very small that team. kind of game so i'm i'm big into that kind of story i don't know if if there's another game that's very similar it's a slightly shorter story than that one um called gone home 
Uncrafted is another one that I've played on the PC. I think I've heard of it. I think that one's PC exclusive. Okay. So, um, That's why I've I don't remember it. if it is or not. I'm pretty sure it is. It's very similar. Yeah. But Firewatch, I, I think there's the thing, only thing that like, it doesn't bug me, but the thing that's like sticking out of my brain is there's a lot of unanswered questions from the story. Oh, yeah. Oh, please, please ask them. I'll, I'll give you answers. So <laughs> one part that has always stuck out to me that I'll never quite get is so the part way through when he wakes up in the middle of the night and he thinks he's talking to his wife. That never really fleshed out, at least in the way that I played it. I think, um, I think essentially he just missed her, you know, like he has. Right. But so everyone explains time. it as like, oh, yeah, you were like talking on the radio about something in the middle of the night, but they never really like bring it to any kind of resolution. I think it's essentially like you're out in the wilderness. Like I, I lived out in Oregon for six months, uh, essentially by myself. I had a girlfriend at the time, but she didn't talk much. And uh like, I, I was out in the boonies where we had no cell phone reception, no internet. You know, we had a, a landline that my family would call from and uh, or I'd call them. But, like, you're just out there, you mm-hmm. know. So all you can really do out there is explore or work. And your mind wanders a lot, you know. And I think his mind was just wandering. Okay. He... You know, he he obviously loved his wife and missed her, and was but also. But how did it get on the radio? That's the part that I wonder. Yeah. Is it's like that gives you the first person perspective of like his quote hallucination or whatever. But is that also uh, the first part? Like that's kind of the beginning part where everything starts to get really weird, right? Yeah, because he's like he doesn't even know how it happened. Right, that's where it starts to turn towards the. The more interesting elements like of the story. Like there's a sinister, you know, maybe, I don't know. Oh, I background thought, plot to the. Uh, yo, I thought shit was gonna go down like way harder than it did the whole time. Yeah. Like, literally, I played it in one sitting, and I started it. I think at like yeah, I think seven I p.m. I told you to play it once. I essentially I like, played it in three sittings myself. Yeah, I couldn't. Like, I played it at seven p.m. I started up. I bought the limited run disc uh, through eBay. And because I just heard like great reviews about uh-huh. it, I was like, this is a short game, but it's one of the most amazing games ever made. You know, the story's amazing. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I played it like an RPG open world game. Like in the beginning, I was just like, oh, like this is a huge area. This reminds me of being out in Oregon. Like I'm going exploring. Like I got the time to explore. Let me yep. explore. And then I finally realized there's nothing to explore. Like, you can see the scenery, but you're not getting any collectibles. You're not unless you want to get bit by a raccoon. You I don't do know that. if that happened or not. To that me. happened to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Towards the end, I got bit by a raccoon at one point when I, I was exploring I things. I think once random I, side quest thing. Once right. I got to the tent that was all mauled up, um, I was just on the edge of my couch. And yeah. Like, is that the girls? Yeah. That think you're watching them or something? You know, I was gonna ask you guys about that. I, this is all spoilers, just so yes. You spoiler, know, spoiler, like, spoiler. Like, don't listen to this part. We'll let you know when we're done talking about Firewatch. <laughs> but we probably it'll be too late. Yeah. Unless you've played Firewatch. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's an amazing game. We've talked about it before on this podcast because I had Tony borrow my copy of it and uh, he played through it. 
That was early on, but yeah. Yeah, very early well, on. Well, so the thing I'm curious about with the girls, I did this because I thought they were annoying and it was in in I was very immersed in the game at this point and it was pissing me off. I threw their stereo in the lake. Okay. And it shorted out and like there was actually it gives you different options of how you want to deal with each scenario. Yeah, I forget right. What I did. So like their music was still like they basically were like, "Oh, you're a perv." And uh I was like, "Okay." So just like cuz I at that point I was still kind of doing the same thing as Bo. I was like, "I'm just like walking around checking out everything." It's like, I'm going to see if I can pick up their stereo and throw it in the lake and see if that turns it off. And it did. And uh, then yeah, that was like, that. that added more dialogue to the game. Really? Like, okay. I told the ranger over the radio uh, at one point, I was like, yeah, I threw their, their radio in the lake. And she's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. We're not really in the business of destruction of property. Yeah. And like, I got all this crap for it. So I was wondering if the girl's side story had anything to do with that. But clearly you saw no. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. same thing. But yeah, I was like, I thought like maybe they got attacked by a bear or something. That's exactly what I thought. Um, but then you, you, right after seeing that, I'm pretty sure you get knocked out, right? Soon after that, like yeah. the next day, like you find in a the story. Yeah, you walk down to the same. That's what it is. Yep. You go back, and the next day, she, the girl on the phone, whatever her name is, I can't. Remember. Delilah. Yeah, Delilah. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, why don't you go back and check out that spot or whatever? Which yeah, as a radio person, I have to think it's funny that there's. A girl on the radio named Delilah that you talk to all the time. Delilah's a wrong long time radio host. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um such a good game, man. Even really? even like uh I think even before that, someone like Delilah like messages you, she phones in, and she's like, Are you back at your watch? And you're like, No, I'm I'm somewhere else and it's like nighttime. She's like, Well, there's a flashlight. Yeah, that's after. That's after. That. Yeah. That's after. So that, like, like I remember looking up at my watch and seeing, like, a flashlight. And I was like, to me, it was just this, like, glowing light. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's aliens. Like, there's so much, like, unforeseen things. Yeah, it I'm really like, gives ah. you, like, that anxiousness. Yep. So anxious the whole time. And I think that the music and the sounds like really played a part. In Even the all the too. lighting, man. Even all the color, like yeah. the color palette yeah. they use. Yep. It all plays in together and it, they really did a that good twilight job. Twilight color palette. Yep. Awesome. Yep. I also, the soundtrack was one that always kind of gripped me because it's like as soon as you heard the music, you knew it was, was well, but it was like it was started early enough that it's like something's gonna happen, and yeah. they let you sort of get strung along for a while till it actually happened. Yeah. But really, really fun game to play for a little bit last weekend. Yeah. The other game I've I've been playing all week. I've been uh, hearkening back to my Xbox 360 a little bit. Okay, um, EA Skate Two specifically. Yes, is the game that I played the rest of this week. I have wait, Tony. You like you like Skate? Yeah, it's not Tony Hawk. <laughs> skate is a much <laughs> skate is a much more interesting game as if you're into like a little bit more of the progression that comes from skateboarding versus oh, yeah. and Skate Two is Skate a Two thousand is, times better than Skate One. I love all of the skate games for different reasons, but Skate Two is my favorite of the three. Yeah, and uh, I've been playing through that one again this week because it's the kind of game that you can kind of just like. If you've played them before, you can just pick it back up and yeah, not be absolutely. too far behind. But I don't know. I just there's something about the like, especially 
the, so the, basically throughout the map, you have to hit different challenge points throughout and all the pro challenges, the different pro skaters in the game are some of the more like repetitious, not in a sense that you're going to, they're all going to give you the same challenge, but you really have to work to sort of relearn the mechanics of the yeah. controls and it's fun to, I find it fun at least to just like keep it's it. I was never like a big skateboarder in real life, but the mechanics of like getting it finally is very similar. I yeah, I wasn't a big skateboarder. I was a big filmer of skateboarders and skiers and snowboarders and all that. But, oh yeah, yeah, fisheye lens back in the nineties. <laughs> well, that's the cool thing about skate too is that uh, this guy follows you around for most of the game with a camera, oh, and a lot cool. of the cutscenes are like from a fisheye. That's so cool. Like, yeah. well, and it's uh, for me, it's like that. I hate to say it, but Skate Two is ten years old this year. That that blows my mind. But like the skaters that were around when those games were coming out, I was very familiar with. So yeah. it was like, it was really fun to play those games and have like all these guys that were like, some of them are like completely legendary, like was Eric Costin. Bam, yeah, Bam, Bam was in the Tony Hawk game, so he yeah. wasn't in that. But uh, no, was it's Tony like... Tony Hawk in Skate? No, Tony Hawk had his own games, yeah. obviously. Terry so Kennedy, I think, was in Terry skate. Kennedy... Rob Deerdeck, Ray Barbie, yeah, Chris Haslam, yeah. Eric Costin. Um, Eric Chris Haslam got in a big accident after that, didn't he? Yeah, after he skate did. Games came out. He did. But and um, he was like, uh, wasn't skating for a long time. No, I don't know. If he I don't know anyway. But Lizard King was one of the other ones yeah. that was randomly in those games. What a badass name. That's what I mean. <laughs> That's a real name. Lizard King. That's the name I he always know. went by as yeah. a skater. I don't know him That's as cool. anything else. But, I mean, uh, that just sounds like an end boss, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what? Who was uh, Jim Morrison? Was wasn't he the Lizard King? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, also yeah. the Lizard King, yeah, the right original. So l- technically, Lizard King wouldn't have got that name on Stadia. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I'm trying to think. What there was other games I played this week, but Skate Two really took up my attention. I've been playing Smash Ultimate again. Yeah, we definitely um, need to. I our friend codes. Together. Anytime that uh, I was sitting on my couch and we were like watching some TV show that we always watch, I always have the Switch sort of close by, and I have been trying. What I I played Switch, or I played uh, Smash Ultimate for a while and sort of fell off of it a little bit quickly, but now I've been try- like I played the Spirits mode for a while, and I'm now so I've just close been to being done with it. I. Oh, I'm on and it. off on that mode, but I have just been at least trying to go through classic mode and unlock or like beat the classic mode with each character. Okay. Because it's it's not like it's in that game. It's not like it's hard. It's like no. You just kind of you can you basically have unlimited continues if you have the amount of credit at least to continue doing it. But uh, I think. I don't actually know. I think I'm about halfway through unlock. I just want to unlock every character. Yeah, me just too. Just because I'm, I'm curious to try them all out and mess around with it. Because I that's one game that I love Smash, but I admittedly was never a big appreciator of GameCube. And 
We uh, always just not for the reason not to hate on the game. So many good GameCube. Yeah, games. I'm aware of that now. That's Probably what I'm finding. One of Nintendo's best controllers ever made. And too. that's what I'm finding. And do what? you have an adapter, by the way? No, I need to look into that. Get a Wii U adapter. I have the, 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 the Pro controller, but not a the the original Wii U adapters work on the Switch. Okay, but you can also get off-brand ones because the Wii U adapters, because the Wii U didn't right. sell that well. There's not that many adapters. Right. It came with the the Smash Brothers for the Wii U, mm-hmm. but they go for like ninety bucks now. Woof. And okay. I, I bought mine with my Wii U, which I bought the Wii U like in January before the Switch came out. Okay. Because I was just like I, like it's when I sort of started getting into collecting again. Uh huh. Because I had the space to collect. I had the shelving, and I was like, you know, I I want to get the system that I never played before and i replayed wind waker on that and i was just like so amazed by it. i was like oh this is so good like i beat it on gamecube then i beat it on the wii u the wii u is a cool system i only it, know it's amazing like <laughs> you can see the evolution through every nintendo system and how the one before it helped the other one after it right you know like it it just sh- shows that whole movement through nintendo like, yeah like the n64 controller is the nunchucks you know of right. the wii and then <laughs> the wii is essentially two wii remotes that has a screen in the middle and then the switch is that but more portable and thinner what the wii U should have probably been ultimately yeah but- well so th- what i was going to say is that the smash games Completely passed me by on GameCube and Wii. And the GameCube one is where it's at. And I, I, I experienced it a little bit in college, but like me and my friends always had N64 Smash. I played N64 Smash like last year. <laughs> and yeah. then like I started seeing all this stuff. They're like, oh, Melee is like the greatest Smash game ever made. And it's like, I just didn't know anybody that had it. None of us had we went all went from N64 to PS2. Nobody bought a GameCube. Yeah. And like I knew a couple guys in college that had them and like that's where it's at. Yeah. And and, and honestly, you can use the GameCube controller on the Switch yeah. for like almost every game, not just Smash okay. Brothers. Okay. I didn't realize that. You I didn't say I knew Mario they were Mario Kart on it, you know, you can yeah. you can do so many different things. Like the mapping is like almost Makes perfect sense. for it. Yeah. So Highly but, recommend. Yeah, so that. now now I'm just trying to see <laughs> how far I can get through all the different characters of Ultimate because it sparks my curiosity. I was excited last night when I unlocked um, Little Mac from uh, Punch Out because Punch yeah. Out is one of my favorite. He's a great fighter. Nintendo games. I feel like his up B attack really sucks. So like it's like either you hit very well or you're about to die. Okay, I say Kirby's sort of my still my go to. DK Even in is my go-to. Okay. Yeah. So I've always been. I was always into Kirby on <laughs> N64, and I was like, I wonder if this all translates to the the Switch. And it was kind of wild. It was yeah. It was like really I'm does. right at home. I I know exactly what I'm doing already. Yeah. So I was sort of stuck with him on uh, on my on my my Switch version. But yeah, I've been playing through that pretty uh, extensively this week. Yeah. So games that i've been playing where are we at okay could you grab me a beer sam oh yeah do you have another one i do tony you good over there 
I'll take one if you don't mind. Yeah, no, not at all. Do you have that many beers? I have one for you and for Tony. Oh, my goodness. So Sam is this amazing man that opens beers with his fingers. Like, <laughs> actually opens a cap with his wedding ring. Gotta love that tungsten ring for that purpose. Yeah. Shout out to my friend Mark for teaching me this skill. It, it, it's pretty badass. It's one of the one of the landmark reasons to have a wedding band. You know, other than like loving your wife and stuff too. Well, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's the obvious one. I might try it. We'll see. I have a tungsten ring as well with meteorite. You just have to be brave, and you have to trust that you're not going to break your fingers. And this beer is really good that you brought. It's called Official from yes. Bell's. Uh, it's a hazy India pale ale. What's it weigh in at? Like it's a, six. It's a six ish. Six point four, if 6. I'm not mistaken. 4, yep. Yeah. Yep. Pungent American hops combined with wheat and pilsen malt result in a smooth aromat- <laughs> aromatic <laughs> juicy IPA. <laughs> Obviously, that nine percent got to me. So the game that I've been playing has been Red Dead for a while. After Yakuza Six. Like I talked about it on the last podcast, I couldn't find anything else that I wanted to play, and I'm trying to get the backlog off my small 500 gigabyte PS4. And uh, Red Dead, I've been playing and loving it. And then, sure enough, I bought Yakuza 0 on eBay for really cheap. Like, talked this guy down on the price and like got for like 14 bucks, I think. And got that in the mail. And I've been playing that, and it's amazing. It's, like, I probably won't go back to Red Dead until I beat this game. And it surprises me how similar it is, yet so different. Like, I didn't look up when it was developed compared to Yakuza 6. Like, obviously, Yakuza 6 is the newest one. Yakuza 0, I believe, is fairly new. I, I believe it's the same engine that Yakuza 6 is built off of, but graphically it's not as clean. It's a pre it it's a precursor precursor of like where the main character came from. Like before like he just got into the the Yakuza gang and it shows him developing who he is as a person. So from playing the the last version that's been out to the new one is very cool and also weird and strange because he was such a modest, strong individual in the last rendition. And this one, he's so young looking. He's very timid still, like very like, set in his ways but people are trying to influence him in this one where the first character that you meet who's your really good friend that you grew up with as an orphan and stuff now you guys are older like in your early 20s he's like you need to be flashy like yakuza's flashy you need you need to wear a suit that's worth 500,000 yen you need to buy an expensive car this and that and the main character is just like, no, like, like if that's what you say, sure. But like, that's just not me, you know, like I'm going to hold my own. So like you see how he has developed, but also stayed his set ways that he's been. But like one of the first like side quests was getting drunk with him 
and uh, with your friend, and you do karaoke, and you have two songs to choose from, and I choose like the slower one. Sure enough, it's this button smashing mini game where like I was messing up so much. I was just like, I'm really good at like QTE games where like it's like X circle circle square square square. You know, but, like, I was messing up. I'm like, why? Like, you have to be so precise on it. But I was absolutely having so much fun with it. Like, all the mini games in this are amazing. The fighting seems a lot stiffer at first. But then I met this old white guy that's this drunk that smells like alcohol at 7 a.m. And uh, he's like, you're this warrior. I want you to fight for me. And you're like, shut up, old drunk man. He's like, watch my friend fight. And I watch him, and then I learn the special move because of how he fought this dude. And you're like, all right, I believe you, but I'm, I still don't want to fight for you because I'm Yakuza. But then he's like, just so you know, invest your money into yourself. And he gives you this screen like through the pause menu where you pay $400,000 to, I guess, yourself. And you can like raise your health bar. You can raise your heat bar. You have different stances where it gives you different moves and different fighting ways. Like, I'm so ecstatic to play this game. Like, it's very different from 6, but there's so many similarities that, like, it just brings me back to the good feeling that I got from 6 as well. So I can't wait to talk about it more. Like, I don't want to reveal anything because I really don't know. Like, I've only played probably 5 hours of it, but I'm ready to invest another 50. You know, it's a great series. Have you ever played any of the Yakuza games, Sam? Not in a very long time. I played some of a Yakuza game for the PS2. Yeah, and with I, one I of my buddies when I was and younger. I sold it because I didn't know what it was. Yeah, and I'm I'm sort of sad that I sold it. Like, so that was in the days of uh, we were big into like racing games at that time. So we didn't yeah. really stop and like play that kind of thing too much, but like. I remember sitting with my buddy for like a few hours playing that. We were also like, it was around the same time we were playing things like uh, San Andreas, GTA, and yep. stuff like that. So, Hell yeah. yeah. That's all that mattered. Right. And I, <laughs> you know, I, nothing I will. could beat San Andreas. <laughs> I agree. Like, at all that the time, cheat codes. Yeah. yeah. Half naked women yep. walking around, even though it was pixelated. <laughs> Yo, was what's crazy about this game, though, I mean, like, it's a PS4 game, but it looks like. It should be for PS3, and maybe it did come out for PS3. I don't know. But, like, right in the beginning credits and stuff, like, this girl just has these big old bouncy boobs, and then, like, the next scene is this guy, like, literally has his whole hand, like, on her boob, like, just grabbing it, and I'm like, (laughs) wow. Like, like Yakuza 6 had some weird, like, sexual things, but, like, this was, like, right in the beginning, here you are. Like, Yakuza 6 was, like... If you find this little mini game, you can like live chat to to these Asian women. This is like boom, here Yakuza it is. Zero. Yeah. We've got the tits. Ooh. You should just talk <laughs> like that the whole time. Yeah. I did that once. Everything, there's though. a we college radio tits. show can where you just talk like that the whole time. Let's let's erase this podcast. We're doing it again in that voice, all right? We had a college radio show once where my friends challenged me to talk like that, like the whole time. Yes. And everything I said had to be in this movie trailer. My throat yes. got so sore oh, by yeah. the end of it. I was like, guys, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. 
We should get a new like intro for the podcast. Precisely podcast. We got the tits. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I gotta say it now to see if the audio. Precisely podcast. We have the tits. Hell yeah. I love it. We're keeping that forever. Can you just copy and paste that? Yeah, we'll save it. Yeah. That'll be very, very respectful. We're going to put it on everything. Oh, I'm so glad. Can you... Uh, My mom will be so proud. Yeah, no, she won't. Yeah. Can, you do, can you do that voice again and just be like, precisely podcast, we drink beer, we talk about video games. That's a, that's a lot. You better listen or you die. Precisely podcast. We drink beer. We talk about video games. You better listen or you'll die. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's what I do. Yeah, I love it. I That's love amazing, it. man. That's really good. That's a talent for sure. Not trying to like humble brag, but uh, last summer I had the opportunity to narrate <laughs> A show on uh, the Discovery Channel. No, I did. Wow. Um, uh, on Shark Week, it was on Discovery Go. It was the top thirty sharks of Shark Week. What? And uh, I found this. It was a friend of mine is like into like the local producer scene, and somebody was like, "I need a voiceover," so he tagged me in it on Facebook, and I just happened to get the job. I like it was just like a random one that I picked up, and I need to watch this. It was funny because like all the sharks had these like really like awesome names it was like and we we started to make a drinking game out of it where it was like every time i mentioned that a shark was angry because it was pregnant you had to drink and like every time i said one where it was like this shark is angry <laughs> <laughs> like there's no like good like yeah. example but it was like it was fun it was a, it was a so fun did you do it in that voice the whole time oh the whole show is it's not quite like over the top like throaty like yeah movie trailer voice guy but it was like it was like bone saw the shark <laughs> he's so, been tra- he's been tracked across the the south pacific for over 30 years that's super believable so what <laughs> like i'm watching discovery channel right now <laughs> yeah what what episode is this so if you go if listen. you go on youtube and search discovery channel top 30 sharks of shark week you'll find a three part mini series of me talking about sharks. Uh, yeah. I read a script. I don't know anything about sharks, but it was fun. <laughs> it was Yo, just like, that's amazing. Yeah, it was just like I'm all these. I'm going to watch it tonight with Kayla. Kayla's <laughs> huge into sharks. It was, it was cool. It was, <laughs> it was fun to get to do something like that because it's like, I don't know, I do voiceover stuff frequently, but most of the time it's like for like a random, like I do these commercials sometimes for this company that sells like, industrial lubricants and stuff <laughs> for, cars? for like not as cool as shark no week, but <laughs> it's like you say oh yeah i did a thing for shark week for discovery channel everyone's like oh well yeah well i got lubricants for sale yeah, why don't you give them a try your locks are stuck at night or, <laughs> when it's cold out yeah. or something like that don't get stuck in the cold yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Well, thank you, Sam, for being on our podcast. Oh, absolutely. This is a blast. You've been an amazing guest. We would love to have you back. I'd be more than happy to come back anytime. Love to play some games with you tonight. Definitely. If you're down to chill a little longer. Definitely, man. Uh, We got some uh, shout-outs to do for ourselves, right? We're going to be at Too Many Games 
June 23rd. That's which, two weeks from oh, now. Oh, sick. I wish I could is, go. Uh, Philadelphia Expo Center in Oak, Pennsylvania. We're it's, going on Sunday, I believe. Yeah, so I believe that's the 23rd. We haven't really looked at our calendars. No, yet, I think that's right. But I think that's right. We'll be there most of the day until Tony gets sick of looking all, looking at all these cosplay women and men. Well, that's not the part I'm going to get sick of. <laughs> You're just going to get sick of it. Too many games. That's too many. <laughs> it's right in the name. Too many games. Yeah. yeah. Either way, we'll be handing out stickers. So if you see us, we're going to be rocking the precisely shirts. Just say precisely out loud, and we'll come running to you. Um, also, follow us on Instagram at precisely podcast. Follow Tony at precisely underscore Tony, and follow my game page at Bose underscore Game Room. We also just started a Patreon which we have no one following yet because we just made it last night. But there's a bunch of different tiers, a bunch of different things we're giving per tier. Check it out. It's patreon.com slash precisely. Just patreon.com slash precisely. Sam, what's your Instagram if you want people to follow you? So you can find me personally at at Sam, K-R-E-P-P-S. That's just my personal Instagram. But if you want to follow my podcast, it's at foundation underscore radio. And uh, we also have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash MBN network. That's the Might Be News Network. You get exclusive episodes of the Might Be News Network on that. And uh, yeah, look for Foundation Radio on Facebook as well, as well as the Might Be News Network, wherever podcasts are found. You can find us every other Thursday. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again for being here with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This podcast amazing. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And, you know, just check out the Patreon support if you want. It's going to help us bring you guys more great content. Yeah. And we love doing what we do. Also, don't forget to check out the Gaming Podcast Alliance, another just a group of great uh, gamers that podcast. <laughs> check them out. I love you, Tony. <laughs> it's it's GamingPodcastAlliance.com. Yeah. There's about eight different uh, gaming podcasts on their website. Who do they got? They got Shark Select. They got Rated G for Gaming. They got Zap Night Gaming. They got Pixie Podcast. They got a couple others that I can't remember right now. <laughs> yep. Ghost of Gamer Pass, I think. I'll Good. go check them out tomorrow and give them a shout out on Foundation Radio. Yeah. Hell yeah. We would all appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's just a great group of guys. You're drunk. No. All right. <laughs> we out and we are precisely. Thank you, guys.